0: You're listening to the Boo Boys Podcast. Alrighty. Well, my name's Dalton.
1: My name's Paul.
0: And I'm Sarah. And we're the Boo Boys. And this week, we're actually going to touch on a kind of hot topic, I guess. Usually not what I like to do is, like, touch on stuff that's currently happening, because either, like, it's already being flooded and people are talking about it a lot. Like, you're going to hear the same thing from a bunch of different episodes, from other people and other shows, and so I'm usually like, ah, I'll you know look into that later. But I've actually had <laughs> I've had the Girl Scout murders and from 1977 on my list for pretty much since I started the Boo Boys. So now that there's actually information coming to light on this, I decided that now is probably a good time to talk about it. And you know, if somebody's gonna listen to it from anybody, it should be us. So why not?
1: It should be us and from you,
0: from listeners like you. Thank you. I can't wait. I was a Girl Scout once, so let's, <laughs> let's dive in. I think these Girl Scouts would probably be, like, as old as your mom. Fair. I mean, yeah, I think this... Uh, what what time did this in? 77. Oh, my God. Okay, I was thinking the 90s, so yeah, absolutely. Nope. Uh, so, actually, we're going to start off in April 1977. A training was taking place at that time where camp counselors were going up to this campsite called camp Scott to prepare for the upcoming, you know, season for the girl scouts coming over and doing their annual camping trip that they do. And now they have two different little camp areas. They've got like the big kid camp area and they've got the little kid camp area. So the counselors were all there getting prepped on like who they're going to take care of, how it's going to go, like how to handle everybody. These are like teenagers taking care of children and like maybe a handful of adults. (laughs) So it's already chaos that's going to ensue as we've always heard in who knows how many camping stories, movies, books, TV shows, you know, the teenagers get rowdy and they don't really care about the kids in the end. I mean, can confirm I did go to Girl Scout camp and they did have different age groups separated out because, yeah, different interest levels, patience levels, etc. So do teenagers care about you? No, <laughs> no, not at all. So the training weekend had to actually come to an abrupt end because one of the cabins that the counselors actually stayed, at ended up getting broken into. And while they were kind of trying to figure out who did it, they found a note inside one of the cabin that was broken in. And it said, we, I'm, we're planning to kill three campers in tent number one. What? And... Like, at first, you know, the counselors were just like, ha-ha, ah, ha-ha, ah, what a joke. Wow. And they thought it was just one of the other shithead teenagers being like, ha ha Because even in the 70s, it was like, you know, kind of a, a horror movie joke. Like you're going to die in campground. I don't know. Yeah, there was so, a funny ha-ha, not funny peculiar. Right. They were just like, oh, what a bad joke kind of a thing. And. What was weird is they basically were trying to chalk it up to being a joke and then they end up finding like tied up little like effigy dolls or voodoo t- dolls uh, tied around. And so the the owners of the campground were like, um, maybe let's just, let's just not.
1: They really went far for this joke.
0: <laughs> so Elaborate. So they cut the training off like that weekend and kind of just laughed it off. It was weird. We're just not going to talk about it. So, then we fast forward a little bit. I'm going to kind of get into what ended up happening over the summer. So, we go from April to June. Okay. And on June 12th, they had 130 Girl Scouts show up um, at around 3 in the afternoon, 3.30-ish. So, they all were, like, coming in on bus loads. And when they would get there, they'd have all their luggage and stuff, and they'd have to, like, set it down and then go figure out where their cabins are and everything. So... That was kind of all the chaos of the girls getting in and getting ready and, you know, everybody doing everything. All of the campers were eating dinner in the dining hall by around 630. And while they were eating, it actually was like raining a lot. And I know that that sounds like it's not really that important, but obviously later on that will seem kind of important. Um, (laughs) Foreshadowing. And so the girls were all eating in the dining hall, not really thinking anything of it, making friends, doing whatever. And a few girls were still kind of straggling in. They were trying to get everybody, like, set and ready to go. So what ends up happening is after they're all done eating, they end up staying inside the dining hall. They're playing games. They're having little Girl Scout sing-alongs. How many cookies are on the wall? 99,000, whatever. Uh-huh. And, you know, nobody's really, nobody's caring. They're just having a good time. Yeah, it's Girl Scout camp. You know, you're... Turn up. so exactly at around nine o'clock the the counselors basically are like okay girls it's bedtime like let's everybody go to your tents and stuff and these aren't just like you know regular camping tents like the girls aren't just going and sleeping on like the cold ground or anything like these are it's a well-established campground where there's individual cabins that the counselors stay in and then there's little kind of tents that are better than your average camping tent they're actually built on wooden platforms, so they're not completely on the ground uh, and they're they're more like So they're glamping. Kinda glamping. They're yeah. kinda glamping. They've right. got cots, they're not necessarily sleeping on the ground. They still use sleeping bags, but they're not having to be like on rocks and dirt and stuff. Yeah, that's preferable. Which is probably pretty nice, especially if this is like your first time camping and like the first thing you get to experience is, you know. Mild comfort, I guess. Yeah, no, my sister was one of those people that freaked out when she went to Girl Scout camp, so I imagine that her freaking out about her parents plus, like, rocks poking into her back probably wouldn't have been the best combo ever. sleep being impossible that first time. Yeah, so... It's an
1: integral part of camping. Fear. is the discomfort.
0: So at around 10.30, the counselors go and they do a loop around all of the tents after all the girls have gotten settled into their tents. Um, they're basically just like, all right, lights out, have a good night, bye, blow it see you in the morning. Mm-hmm. Well, tent number one is like on the far, let's say, north side of the camp area. And that's where like most of the counselors and stuff cabins are because they're shaped in a horseshoe kind of way. So the first cabin is like up by the counselors and then it horseshoes out to the point where it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, and then it goes around in another circle where the other older kids are 11, 12, 34 whatever. Oh, okay. So their counselors are kind of, like, in the middle. Right. And the way that it's all set up makes it to where if you're in those first couple of tents and you're being rowdy, you're going to be heard, right? So tent number one, they're fucking around. They're kids, you know? They're little kids. They're having their first night <laughs> alone away from their parents with strangers. They're being loud and rowdy and having a good time. It's like oh, one yeah. o'clock in the morning. The oh, it's classic giggling. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, you're a little sister. delirious. You're pretty tired from doing shit all day, but now you're too excited to actually go to sleep because you've had all this adrenaline. And, you know, you're also in a weird place. You're not ready to go to bed because you can't get comfortable kind of situation. Yeah, summer camp. Yeah. So the counselors are like fighting with these kids most of the night being like, shut the fuck up go to bed (laughs) go the fuck to sleep go to sleep you're not gonna get
1: up at least i did when i was in summer camp they didn't give a shit
0: i never went to summer camp well (laughs) really i just did regular camping oh Oh, well yeah that's pretty much what you'd experience with siblings or something where like you just can't stop laughing or you're just whispering uh, things in the dark or whatever I,
1: i stole the camp counselor's whistle and then at three in the morning, me and my friends went outside and we blew it as loud as we goddamn could and woke everybody up and then ran away and they never knew it was us.
0: Really? You got away yeah. with that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Where did you run away to?
1: Uh, just, it, it's a campground. You, you just run.
0: <laughs> you didn't so, duck back into the tent or? No.
1: No. Oh.
0: According to the counselors, every time they went to check on tent number one, they would do, like, a little walk around to just check on all the rest of the tents. Because, you know, if one kid's being annoying, they're probably all being annoying. And as they continued to check on the the tents, they kept saying, like, oh, there's nothing going on. They're not hearing anything. No issues. So then we cut forward June 12th still at around, like, midnight or June 13th around, like, 1 o'clock, depending on how you're starting to look at the story here. Um, It said that multiple campers at around that time in the other surrounding tents. So in tents six, seven, and nine, they said that they were starting to hear what sounded kind of like moaning and like shuffling around a lot. And a counselor was notified of this and they like walked around to check and they They didn't hear anything. What if they thought it was like a bear or something? Well, so that's probably why the counselor went to walk around. But as they walked around, they didn't hear anything. So they couldn't tell like which tent was making the noise. Oh, okay. And so they just went back to their cabin and went back to bed. And after that point, you know, everything was super quiet. Nobody really heard any complaints until around two o'clock in the morning, a camper in tent number seven started hearing what sounded like a girl crying and then calling out mama, mama and just as like the girl was kind of starting to wake up and really recognize what she was hearing she heard what she thought sounded like a scream and then it just went really quiet again and the girl says like i didn't know what to do and like this is a little kid she's probably like eight or nine and she's just like probably just as anxious and maybe a little freaked out so she's probably just like oh yeah i miss my mom too not knowing how to handle that situation, she just kind of covered her head with the pillow. That's exactly what I would have done. I would have been like, oh, that sounds <laughs> like surprise. a problem I can't solve. It's going to turn over. It's going to cover my head in case yeah, you know, there's so a murder or something. She puts the pillow on her head and just kind of like tries to go back to sleep. Um, around 6 a.m., a counselor gets out of their cabin. They're going to go take a shower. And as she's walking down the trail to head towards the showers, which goes past the cabins, She sees what looks like a pile of sleeping bags, like, in the middle area where, like, buses had been coming in, and so she walks over thinking, like, maybe it's some lost luggage, she's gonna go give it to the camper that it needs to go to, and she sees a girl laying on top of the sleeping bag on the ground, and as she gets closer, she realizes the girl's eyes are wide open, and she doesn't have any clothes on from the waist down. Oh, okay, that's a problem. And immediately she's, like, freaking out, and she runs back to the cabins to get the other counselors to be like, oh, my God. And one of the counselors goes around to the other tents and starts doing a head count, and they they are too short, so they're thinking, like, oh, fuck, like, we've got one dead camper, and we're missing two more campers, and they're starting to panic a little bit. Oh, wait, she's dead? The girl found on the ground with her eyes open and no pants on. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Did not pick that up. Okay, I thought she was just like you know frozen, like traumatized, but no, she's dead. No. All right, that's good. Did Sorry, I, I how... guess I skipped over. It's <laughs> like, oh, she's dead. I think oh, I'm oh, just no. laying there, lifeless with no pants on and her eyes open. I, maybe I just didn't mention the lifeless part. Uh, I, I, tra- I got,
1: I got the message, but like, did they see how she
0: was killed? So, um. As the other counselors went to go check on this camper, Uh um, they ended up seeing something a little bit further past the little entry point, like on the trail. And as they walked up, they found the other two girls like kind of shoved into the sleeping bags. Oh. So the other two girls were also dead. um, And it turned out that they were actually tied up with cords and like put back inside their sleeping bags. What a nightmare. God, I can't imagine being a counselor on this trip. This is like your worst fears realized. Yeah. So the girl who they found on top of her sleeping bag with her eyes open had her hands tied behind her back with duct tape. And the other two girls, they had been found with their wrists and their ankles tied together by cords. And the police had come through and tried to kind of like figure out what exactly was going on yeah 70s are just a time aren't they god how horrible though yeah. jesus um so the two girls that they found in the sleeping bags they had basically been beaten to death and they had like spots right on their head and like near their forehead with blood and whatnot so like they just got beaten in the head until they died but the other girl who was found on top of her sleeping bag she was actually strangled And we have to remember that the counselor went to go take a shower at 6 a.m. when she found the body. And they actually estimate that the girl that was found on top of her sleeping bag probably died around 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning. So, like, she was, like, just so close to potentially being found and didn't get found, obviously. Also, like, the suspect being sighted, too. Like, that probably would have been, like, a really key time to see them. And that's the really interesting thing too, is there was so much movement happening and yet nobody saw or like checked it out. Well, I'm sure all those girls were just like, maybe if I like, they probably thought it was an animal. And they thought like, if, I mean, if I ever heard anything like that, I was like, if I stay still, the animal won't know I'm here or anything. So my guess is they all kind of like uniformly thought like, perhaps I shouldn't screw with that. um, And I'm just going to like it's possible. Hold on until I don't hear anything anymore. I mean, also, like, the counselor that kept walking around when That's they were weird. hearing stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised that the counselor didn't pick up on stuff or even just I'm set out a chair. I'm also surprised they didn't just, like, peek in the tents to, like, you See? know, head count, check on kids, make sure no one's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is bizarre. So, um, the camp essentially is evacuated that same day, obviously, all <laughs> the kids are rounded up. <laughs> kind of killed home. the vibe. And... It,
1: Mom, you'll never guess what happened. Oh no!
0: Oh no okay. So the camp remained under investigation for about two weeks. Them trying to just get anything that they could on this guy. Mm-hmm. And what's really unfortunate is in 1977, computers didn't really exist, and DNA profiling didn't really exist yet. Like they understood the concept of like if there's blood at a scene or semen or hair or something like that, like it's probably good to get it, but there's nothing really that they can super pull up and look at a database for to determine Mm -hmm. any kind of DNA yet. That actually doesn't really come into play until the early 80s into current time. So um, what they ended up doing is actually removing the wood floor that tent number eight was built on. So the two girls that were beaten to death actually were beaten in the tent and then removed oh no so there was just blood like all over the inside of tent number eight mm. wow How did so, they, other na- the now i see your confusion because it's like the ones next to it it's like how did they not do the plumping? and when like even when they did it was just like you know the one girl who thought she heard a like scream and someone calling out for their mom was just like oh i don't want to hear that <laughs> it must have been dead asleep. I just I don't... She was awake, but she was afraid to, like, check it out. I'm just surprised Morro didn't hear it. Well, then again, probably the same thing I said earlier. We just kind of roll over. Yeah. So they actually ended up airlifting out the wood that the tent sat on to kind of take it under analysis. And inside the tent, they actually ended up finding a flashlight with a bloody fingerprint on it. Oh. And they unfortunately didn't have fingerprints like, profiling at that time, so it just kind of went into evidence. Wow, just really ambling in the dark here. So, they had the bloody fingerprint on the flashlight, they found one 9.5-sized boot, so a 9.5-sized boot, and Mm -hmm. then they also found, obviously, multiple DNA samples uh, in and on the girls that they were able to, like, save the DNA from. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately they didn't really have an ability to maintain it super well. Cause again, that kind of stuff just uh, wasn't totally understood yet. So storage, yeah. they kept it as best as they thought they could. But what really ended up happening is as time went on in DNA structuring came to light by the time they were able to test anything decently in the early two thousands, it had already like deteriorated too much for them to actually get much from it. So, they kind of didn't really know what to do. It's a cold case. So, on day 10 of them going through and investigating everything, they had one, subs- one suspect come to light. And his name is Gene Hart, who is the guy you're drawing. Yes, okay. And he was a 5'10", they call him Native American in the 70s, but I know that's kind of an outdated term now. He basically wasn't Caucasian pretty much but you don't want to also say that because he wasn't well, it's important yeah, yeah but. but so but that's the point too right so he wasn't white and he lived in oklahoma well, he wasn't white he's was in oklahoma mm, okay. at this time okay and in the 70s especially i guess there are some more toler- tolerable people but not not that many yeah so, it's the hippie era but you know with limits He was actually from the same town that the campgrounds was from, and, like, people in the town knew who he was, but the thing is, when he was 22, or prior to being 22, when he was in high school, he was, like, the star football player, right? Like, people in the town knew who he was and, like, would stand up for him, but the problem is, when he was 22, he actually abducted two women from a nightclub and raped them and left them to die in the woods and he's just still living there well so the two women ended up escaping and he pleaded guilty to it and actually ended up in prison for 10 years okay but the thing is after two and a half years for good behavior in prison so what wow
1: after two years and a 10-year sentence
0: yeah great times He, he raped in like beat two girls and they like barely made it out alive and they gave him ten years for it and then didn't even make him serve it completely out. I they don't probably want to
1: know what he did in prison
0: oh so then, man. They're probably he was probably they were probably just like, oh they were hussies anyway. Yeah. In nineteen sixty nine he was arrested again for burglary. And this time he was actually caught while breaking into a female police officer's house. And for that he was sentenced three hundred and nine years in prison. Okay. And it only took him four years. In 1973, he broke out of prison. Okay, and did they get him? (laughs) Well, he had been broken out of prison for four years to the point where these murders took place. And it was assumed that he was living in a cave like near the campsite. And so that he is the main person of interest. He gets more creepy the more I learn about him. The The more it goes, the worse it gets. And that's... That's kind of where we get to this weird point where people in the town didn't want to believe that it was him because he had been, you know, such a great kid. Really, but he really wasn't. Now, so was great. he? I'm losing my mouse. This football star gone rogue. So then the problem becomes that he starts being all over the news. He's, you know, the number one suspect for these crazy murders that. Everybody is seeing all over the place and that are on the news and everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe he took too many like hits to the head during football. Maybe that's why he's I don't know. Yeah, too
1: many concussions.
0: That's something else I'm sure. Just what a creep though. Oh god, he's literally like a, like a caveman. Yeah,
1: he's like a cave goblin.
0: <laughs> he's like a <laughs>
1: goblin. Probably like eats fish. Well,
0: so he's like all over the news. People are seeing him and his name popping up, his, like, high school teachers are trying to stand up for him and be like, he was such a good kid, like, we don't think he could do this, and they're trying to say that it's racial profiling, that the cops are picking on him, and that's why they think he's the number one suspect, You can see my face right now, people. I'm grimacing, and I'm giving her faces, like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. In 1979, two years after the initial murder, he he goes to court for it he pleads not guilty in the murder case and it goes through like this whole big thing where they're trying to like prove that the sheriff and everything is just against him because he's not white ugh I mean I it, it's a legitimate thing for the time because that's that's real but like it's a bummer that he's actually a creep that's just so unfortunate that
1: I don't care how good he was in high school
0: yeah Fuck this guy! So, on March 5th of 1979, after a long preliminary hearing process, the trial was finally underway. The jury selection took 10 days with 110 prospective jurors questioned. Six men and six women with occupations ranging from school teacher to plant manager, a gas firm foreman, housewives would all be seated. None of the jurors were from the actual town because the town was too small and there was too much of a divide between who was against him and who was for him. The bias is really rampant, yeah. And so the state's case seemed to really really rely on two pieces of evidence, which was hair and semen samples. Unfortunately, DNA testing wasn't really a big thing quite yet. So even though they had those, they couldn't really definitively be like, yep that's his oh no was this one of those things where it's like beyond a reasonable doubt guilty well, so what also they ended up having um but they couldn't really say-, say was his specifically is the fact that during the investigation of the actual campground they brought dogs okay they brought these dogs called wonder dogs to sniff around to try and find anything that they could wonder and dogs. it wasn't specifically for gene it was just anything that they could find They ended up finding a pair of glasses that actually belonged to a camp counselor that had been, like, supposedly stolen because they found it over near the cave where Jean had been found originally. And they found a roll of duct tape that seemed to match the duct tape that was found on the girls. And they also found photos of Jean in a cave. Well, not in a cave. Photos of Jean's in a cave. Very nice. They were not able to be like, "Well, these glasses and this duct tape clearly is something that you did, Gene." The only thing they could really say is, "We know Gene was in a cave. There's photos of proof of that, and he just happened to be a few miles away from where the girls initially were." I want to know if his cave was like pimped out. I know that's an entirely not important detail, but like, I just I'm trying to picture if there's like a couch in there. I know, probably not. I want to see his crib. (laughs) MTV, open up. So basically what they thought happened is that heart is that Jean went and basically killed the two girls by hitting them in the head and then bound and gagged the other girl that they found outside and basically strangled her and did a bunch of things to her and then removed everybody from the tent. So that way they would just be found and not left there i guess i'm just surprised he didn't drag him further or like throw him in the ravine or i I don't even know if there's one nearby but like certainly not just being like well this seems adequate and just dumping him there yeah they but he didn't he says he didn't do it so there's not really like a reason there i know but just anyone that would like murder like small children you would think like oh this is pretty fucked up or maybe not even but they're like this is evidence i should dispose of this yeah pretty true but he did get thump that's thump also to assume lot. that a murderer is capable of like in-depth thought like that mm-hmm. true he could i mean you, i don't know they say sometimes that serial killers and stuff are really smart but like i'm just thinking he thinks thump thump you know like yeah not this one no
1: this one's no ed kemper
0: <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> though, there was nothing deliberately saying that it was him at the scene nobody saw him nobody had heard like his voice uh, I didn't find anything about, like, the boot. Like, the boot thing never came back up, and I feel like that could have been, like, a Cinderella moment where they, like, put the shoe on him and see if it fit, but, you know, that didn't really... That didn't seem to be important. That's like R.J. Simpson. Well, actually fits. ties into the fact that um one of the parents of the girl actually caused there to be a new law formed in the state of Oklahoma because the cops actually would not tell the families anything. What? Like, of what they were doing within the investigation or, like, how close or not close at all they were to possibly mm. even having a suspect at the time okay. it wasn't until gene hart was on the news that the parents even knew he was a suspect okay i wonder so, if, well i mean okay do you so think about there's it there's a law that says like if a child were to die the family needs to be involved in the investigation not involved like oh here you're going to do this but involved in the fact of like we're talking to so-and-so, we're doing Mm -hmm. stuff, we're actively working on this case. Sounds like updates, but even still I could see the hesitation initially because if there were any suspects that were part of the family or any motive like that they probably wouldn't want to ruin their ability to like fully investigate a family member. But I mean, if they've ruled that out probably should give the family updates because they're grieving and such and they really would like a conclusion or some sort of closure. They weren't able to definitively be like, this is Gene's fault. So Gene's lawyers were like, clearly this is just a a bout of racism coming through this. You know, he's just a scapegoat so they don't have to worry about it. Um, And like he's an innocent man and they're just trying to throw him behind bars. He just doesn't and like women. It's not children he doesn't like. He just doesn't like women. So they tried to say that the evidence that they found in the cave was actually planted there what? by an alternative suspect. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this alternative in a small suspect town. named William Stevens was brought in as a key player for Gene's trial. God, can you imagine this guy? He didn't the do James it, and gross. he's just like, what the hell? Like, I'm being... Well, we'll let Dawn tell us. Go ahead. <laughs> they said um, two witnesses testified at Gene's trial that William had shown up to their door. So like like neighbors, but people that lived close to the campground, said that <laughs> this man, William Stevens, showed up to their door... The day of the murders, and he had scratches all over his arms. And oh, it looked like dried blood on his shoes. Oh. And they said that there was a red flashlight found at the scene of uh, William's house. Oh. Basically, they're just like, this Stevens guy, he's, that's your man right there. Bad news. <laughs> Jeez. And William obviously was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think so. Slow you're no. right. And he was like, it couldn't have been me. I was working. And he actually had a, like, pay hey stub, like, time card thing. Uh-huh. After, able to back up his story and prove that it wasn't him. He has an alibi. So, yeah, they immediately were like, well, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. We're Darn like, it. Didn't think crazy. that one through. So everybody was then back onto Gene, and Gene's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And there was just nothing that they could really pin on him. Yeah, the time card kind of screws with that. So the jury basically goes through and they're like, clearly he's not guilty. So we vote not guilty. It was just racism. (laughs) (laughs) Despite the evidence to the contrary. One jury member said that she felt at least one of the police officers was trying to lie to the jury. The officer was asked if there were any photos of the police taking Gene into custody and he indicated that there were not. However... When the defense got up, they showed the very same officer who stated no with multiple handcuffed photos of Gene. And so... God damn it, cops, just do your job! Now, (laughs) Gene... Be honest. (laughs) Even though he was found not guilty, he did still have to go to prison to serve out the rest of the 300 years from his first burglary sentence. Yeah, I mean, thank God. He doesn't need to be uh, prowling around Oklahoma anymore.
1: And that—that's where he is today, right?
0: Two years after he oh went God. to prison, uh, he oh. died from a heart attack. Oh. oh, he collapsed in the prison yard where he had been lifting weights. Good. Makes me well. I think he could you have done, mean, done a
1: little more time in there before killing over. But that's just me.
0: right. Wow. So. Wait, how do they get some more updates on it now? Okay, this is where I'm curious. Like, how do they solve the case now? He died. (laughs) What? Okay. So nine years ago, one of the one of the children who died, her parents asked to give the case another look. Nine years ago, being like twenty what is math?
1: Thirteen.
0: Thirteen? Fourteen, yeah. And they were like, you know, we are so much more advanced now. Um, DNA processing is so crazy. Like, we literally caught the... Who was it? The... Uh, the California killer? The Zodiac killer? The, that, no, the Golden, no. State, no, killer Golden State killer. the Golden State. Because of DNA mm-hmm. through ancestry. Like, they were like, let's do this one more time and see. Like, can we just get, you know, a name? Anything, anything. And so they were like, yeah, you know what? We will. We will go ahead and uh, we'll give it another look-see. <laughs> And originally, they tried to retest the DNA a few years, like 10 years after this whole case happened, but they said that it had deteriorated too much, they couldn't use it. And so now they did it again. The evidence was retested for DNA a few years ago, and the results are now being made public, which is why it's in the news now. The Sheriff's Department spent a long time looking into this, and they say that every single piece of DNA evidence has been accounted for and that it's, there's no doubt in his mind that the evidence shows that Gene Hart is the killer. Wow. Wow.
1: What a surprise.
0: Just like... Uh, so they say that, I mean, the facts of the case, if you just look at them in general, Gene Hart was a textbook serial rapist who had been con- convicted of kidnapping and raping two pregnant women, oh, they're pregnant apparently, Oh wow. <laughs> 10 years prior to the Girl Scout murders, Hart was given parole after just two and a half years in prison for the initial first offense, and then the conspiracy theories and everything going around them just continued to be crazy. Um, The families of most of the girls are still alive. This was only 45 years ago. They are like, maybe in their 70s, so... So sad. I guess now they get to know that... They get to know for sure that the guy that they did at least catch was the guy who actually committed the crime, but he wasn't technically like caught for it if that makes sense because like they did consider him not guilty but he did go to prison still so the guy was caught and he did die in prison so like that's good he was off the streets but that family never really got to know that for sure until now 45 years later at least they were alive for the closure but it's still just such a long time of just agonizing pain and wondering Mm -hmm. what happened just I'm, ha- I'm glad he dropped dead in prison because he is a real menace. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't believe he, the, the women were pregnant. That's like another surprise detail. Yeah, I didn't see that before. And they were at the club? Yeah, I guess. Oh. <laughs> Unless he did it twice. Small town clubs in the 70s are a place, I well, guess. I guess yeah. in the 70s, that also was a time where people were being told that like smoking wasn't bad and drinking wasn't bad.
1: True. 70s were dumb.
0: And 60s and 50s.
1: And the 60s and 50s and (gasps) 40s.
0: All right, Paul. And that's why we have a lot of really bad boomers right now. It's like fetal alcohol (laughs) syndrome and like lead poisoning. We love our boomers. What are we talking about? (laughs) So, yeah, any questions? Is that campground still. Did they just. so, Destroy the Girl Scouts it. of America never reopened, um, <laughs> and they ended up just selling it to a family after a while. Oh, they don't think that land's cursed?
1: Yeah, I wonder what the family did with it.
0: And they probably just live on it. I wonder if they see the ghosts of the girls.
1: I wonder if they ever tell anybody.
0: don't like, mm. um, yeah.
1: yeah, people died on this property.
0: It's probably, like, an Airbnb, or oh, they've opened it up for like, bet. personal camping. No! <laughs> no! Um, oh, I like how you guys never for a moment even like doubted that it was that guy, though, as much as I was oh, like, yeah, yeah, but they said it's just all. because they're racist. Like they were just picking on the brown That
1: guy. usually means he's guilty.
0: You're you're hamming it up too hard. I was like, no, 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 no. You, you're putting too much emphasis on that so that means well that was just sadly there's something coming later that it's not well that was all the the evidence that was given even before they knew that he was the guy they only just found it out six days ago that he was the guy in yeah. 2022 the well, information I gave you about him being
1: I found it out 30 minutes ago so you're not where's to my medal
0: no like, that's why I don't tell you oh. what i'm doing before we do it you're not supposed to look before I tell you
1: I didn't look I I just knew when you told me. (laughs) I didn't need DNA testing. It was clearly obvious. He just
0: believed you so readily, so willingly. What if he was just, you know, what if he was just framed?
1: I think if their only angle is racism, then usually that's just conceding defeat. In the 70s,
0: that would have totally been something that a lot of people had to endure.
1: But if that is their only line of defense is you're racist, I think that is conceding defeat.
0: It does make me sad, but uh, dude was a creep. Dude just ended up being a creep.
1: Yeah, and he had a history of sexual assault. And...
0: Yeah, I don't know why there were so many people standing up for him. Like I, get I don't it. care how
1: good in high school he was.
0: Like if you, that's I mean, how small towns are. Even you know, with the even the high school hero, but even with the without the children murders, the fact that he just you know assaulted two women and raped and, Like I know sexism is rampant during this time, but. Dang. Dang. It's like, nobody cares what the math professor thinks about the football star. He has raped two women and beaten them. Yeah, what? but by that time, they had only really been considering women to be people for, like, ten years, so... Yeah, I guess that's that's true, and that's still sad.
1: Yeah, rape had only been invented, like, five years prior, so...
0: Mm. By that time, you still could be raped by your husband, and it wouldn't count. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. That is really winning. The 70s are the rough time. Wowie. That's okay. It's only, like, another two years before we're right back there, so. Oh, yeah, with the way the Supreme Court is. Yeah. Mm. And how all the states are going to start making all those crazy laws, like Oklahoma stating that they want to get rid of IUDs. I read the one about condoms in Arizona and somebody trying to ban those maybe. That <laughs> was just like wow. Wow. They should have That's codified not even like abortion. That's a baby thing. That's just like you, you just want syphilis again. You just hate women. I don't That's not even just a women thing. That's just like dumb. You're gonna get syph- the fucking mid the west was literally rampant with syphilis you know in the 1800s. Like that was such a big fucking problem that they would literally pour whiskey on their dicks. To make sure that there was no sizzling before they had sex.
1: Look, d- devil's advocate. I'm just saying, for some people, the increased risk adds to the excitement of <laughs> the experience. Okay. Oh no. If, if 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 you're with somebody who has HIV, there's like a two percent chance that you'll get it from direct PIV. That two percent chance just really gets me going.
0: Oh my god, you're a bug. I can't stop bug catchers. Woo! Have already. safe sex, everybody, especially now. Woohoo! I hear that uh, there's something in Taco Bell burritos that can cause infertility. So uh, (laughs) we're good. (laughs) Load up. (laughs) Oh, God. Another PSA, vitamin C will not help you. I knew a lot of girls in high school who thought if they just took, if they drank a shit ton of vitamin C tablets, that it would, you know, cause a uh, falling down the stairs scenario. And that doesn't work. That's not how any of this works. Don't do it. You're just gonna make yourself sick. There's got to I... be
1: some kind of crystal that can present.
0: I thought Mountain Dew. I don't <laughs> know. Crystal on your like ovaries. Yeah. Oh man, guys. Oh no. Trust your gynecologist and contraception that's available right now. Probably uh, make sure you read and take advantage of it while it's here because it might be going soon. Pretty Careful soon they're going to start. Trusting your gynecologist if you live in a red state because they yes. may not be working for you entirely. Yeah, yeah. true that. Well, guess uh, the Pill Club is a uh, is a really good company that you can Google. It's a company that will actually mail you birth control from anywhere, like Wonderful. in any state. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll stay legal, but it's a lot harder for them to track that kind of thing, so. Please look it up. They do the pills and patches and the Ring and uh, I think that's all that they, I mean, that's all they can do. It's a lot. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it seems we've covered Girl Scouts, murders, and contraception in this podcast, and I'd they say- They can't was-
1: ban menopause, can they?
0: there was a state that I heard that was like wanting to look into miscarriages like seriously investigate? like they wanted to potentially take people to court over them oh my god imagine you do everything right and you miscarry and then you go to court and you get told like you're going to jail for five years for killing a baby I saw that happen in a foreign country on the news today it's insane So wow Kind of weird that we're in 2022, a time where most people by now from like the 40s and 50s and 60s thought we would have flying cars. uh, Instead, we're burying women alive. With Mitch McConnell. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray! (laughs) In the Supreme Court. Well, I was telling Paul earlier today that I wanted to do a true crime episode, and I was pretty glad that they did finally figure out who the Girl Scout murder killer was. So I thought this would be a fun episode, but you know true crime episodes never really feel like we are super funny in them which yeah, i feel sad. is noted they're too real it's very noted like it's deserved you know you can't you can make some jokes but you just can't laugh as much about children being killed sleep as tight you can everyone about ghosts like pissing people off you know what are you talking about just a real family friendly story situation you should put it at Disney you know well, I don't gotta put out like a real one every now and again <laughs> and keep everyone else for all the other ones this is true fair enough well you got any other questions comments concerns I need to get a hat that has that like in the logo like questions comments concerns a little ghost in the middle that'd be or really jokes. cute oh yes alright well that is all I've got for you today My name's Dalton.
1: My name is Paul.
0: And I'm Sarah. And we're the Boo Boys. Make sure you check us out on all of our social media and stay safe out there. Make sure you're pulling out and taking really hot showers. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Are you going to say bye? I turned my mic off already. Bye.